right, welcome back to another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G. We in episode 13. We're moving right along. Uh, we got a good one for you tonight. We're going to go back to what we discussed in the previous episode. and we, It was so much to talk about that I had to bring it back. So I got uh, my guest that was on the previous episode back with me. I got my man, Big Rob. What up, Big Rob? What's up? What's up? Good to be back. There he is. There he is. I also got the man, Mr. 5.30 a.m., Derrico, what's going on with your brother? What's happening, pimp? You already know. We know Good. it is. And, hey, glad to have you back, man. And and none other than the person I like to call the straight shooter, to tell it like a T.I. is, that I want all my team to kick ass and take names and be world beaters, Mr. Antoine Banks over there. What's going on, Banks? What's going on, Leo G? What's up? Man, that much, man. I wish I wish I could have some 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 better news to talk about tonight. So the first thing we want to get into a little bit because we got a lot to cover on uh, this episode. This is going to be a, a re a redive into what we talked about earlier, gentlemen, uh, about the Falcons and about just the state of Atlanta sports, I guess, in general. And one of the things we talked about on episode twelve was the Atlanta Braves. They had made their way all the way to the NLCS. Was that did I say that right, Big Rob? Yeah, you got it. I got it right that time. So, yeah, the Braves went all the way to the, the NLCS against the Dodgers. And at the time we discussed on the last episode, they were getting their heads bashed in. I think it was like 15-3, something crazy. But at that time, they had a lead in the series. Unfortunately, they did not hold on to that lead. And uh, they were up, I think, as much as 3-1 three to three to one in the series and ended up losing the series. Dodgers gone to to the World Series to to face the, the I guess it was the, the, the Rays. I kind of lost interest, like, every – Everything mm-hmm. just left me. But I think they went on to play the Rays, something like that. Um, I hate Mookie Betts, and I'm saying that in the best way I possibly <laughs> can say it. Um, it is what it is, man. The Braves fell. Uh, they had a, a, a good – for what it's worth, once again, 2020 has been crazy. They had a somewhat of a good season to make it that far. I mean, with the obstacles that they were up against, the pitching and just everything. Yo's Banks, I'm going to start with you. Um, how do you feel about what, what they were able to accomplish? Well, first of all, you know, they, they weren't expected to be there. When we lost Soroka in, in the middle of the season, I mean, it was like we had this Max Freed and it was just one pitcher. And it was like, well, that's how 2020 is going to leave us. One pitcher and a whole bunch of walk-ons and we just make it do what it do. They kind of overachieved, in my opinion. Um, they did pretty well for what they had. You know, they took the Dodgers to game seven. And unfortunately, the Dodgers was the better team and they pulled it out. They did. They did. Uh, Big Rod, what are your thoughts on the Braves? I mean, you know, as much as I hate to do it, I have to take my hat off to the Dodgers. I mean, every dude that came to the plate, I was worried about. It just seemed like every guy had the uh, had the chance to uh, to either put it out of the park or hit some extra bases, like there, you just didn't have, you didn't feel good about anybody uh, in their batting order as a Braves fan, and you know we had some players that normally show up that just weren't batting. You know, I love Acuna Jr. He's probably my favorite player on the team right now, and um, his bat just he disappeared. I think he had a he had a double or something late in that series, but. Um, and you could kind of see on his face he was disappointed in in how he was batting, but you know he had a presence that was kind of you know out of the dugout. Like he was the first one jumping out and and cheering everybody else and stuff. But you know just the Dodgers, man. I mean they could hit so well. They they got some good pitching too. So like just like you, I have no idea where they are with uh, with the Rays right now. But I would think that the Rays would have a hard time. I think anybody would have a hard time beating them. Right now, yeah, Do- Dodgers were built for success. I mean, I think they've been to like the you know four out of the last five or six World Series or something. Mm-hmm. They they have a really you know um, uh, bolstered roster. Uh, got a couple of Hall of Fame pitches, I think. Uh, Mookie Betts. Uh, they they look good. They 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 were the season team, and the Braves fought them all the way tooth and nail. I mean, of course, here in Atlanta, we wanted them to win. I mean, it's just you know we want something to cheer about sports wise. But I mean, you know, they gave it the. The, the effort and this is a young Braves team. Derrico, how do you feel about uh, the Braves and, and and moving forward with what they have? Obviously, I'm disappointed, but I got a I got a, a different spin on it from y'all. I mean, just based on what I saw, 
the Braves actually should have won that series if it wasn't for the mental errors. And that really doomed us in that series when you had elementary base running errors from our team. And I think that's one of the things that separated us from winning that series and and the Dodgers winning that series. They didn't have those mental errors that we did. And like you said earlier, that dude, Mookie, just made a hell of a catch off of uh, Freeman from taking that home run, which could have, you know, changed the outcome. But I just still think that we should have won that series if we didn't have those mental errors. I absolutely agree. I mean, there were, there were a couple of situations in that series where I think it cost us uh, some – basically cost us a series. And Mookie Betts, I mean, defensively, he – I don't know if he'll ever play a series like that again in his life. I mean, they paid him the big bucks. He came uh, the big bucks. He came over from Boston, so I mean, it is what it is. But I look forward to watching the Braves uh, next season, twenty twenty one. Maybe they'll have a full season, and hopefully they'll get some pitching. Uh, we know Acuna will be back. We know Ozzy Albies will be back. We know Max Fried. Those guys will be back. It's gonna be interesting to see if Acuna. I mean, not Acuna. I'm sorry, uh, Marcelo Zuna will be back and some of the other moves that will be made during the offseason. But uh, we'll have a whole uh, episode about that moving forward, about the Braves, and there's some other stuff I want to talk about with the Braves as well. But moving right along here, because like I said, we got a lot of stuff to try to squeeze into our show tonight, um, and it, which which leads me to the Falcons, and we're going to talk about them uh, post uh, Dan Quinn and post Thomas Dimitrov, uh, they have been fired. They will let go. Uh, of course, we talked about that and touched on it on the last episode. Uh, we moved into, uh, I guess this would be week six of the NFL, and the Falcons uh, have a new head coach, Raheem Morris. And we played the Minnesota Vikings on this past Sunday. And moving uh, forward, by the time this episode airs, they will be playing the Detroit Lions uh, coming up. The Falcons were able to pull out a win against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, DQ was fired. Raheem steps in. They look like a whole nother football team uh, for what it's worth. Of course, they were 0-5. <laughs> uh, couldn't have got any worse. Uh, they look rock bottom, and then all of a sudden you see them against Minnesota. Minnesota did not look good either. They they look horrible. They look bad, which was crazy because the week before they took Seattle all the way. They gave Seattle everything they had. So I'm going to start out with you, Banks, uh, post-Dan Quinn. We're just talking about the Vikings game. How did you feel about looking looking at the Falcons with Raheem Morris being the head coach now and their performance against the Vikings? Well, like you said, it was, pretty, it was completely night and day. Um, you kind of got to wonder if a lot of that was because of what Arthur Blank, you know, came through there like a, a, a rampage, like everyone can, anyone can go. You know, he made that comment about, um, you know, Matt Ryan and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I think a lot of people start looking at themselves like, dang, I'm, I'm not, I'm not safe anymore. You know, maybe that probably a little fire in their ass. Maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm just reaching for, for straws here. I don't, I'm not sure. I can't explain it, you know, but they, they play like they, like we wanted them to play since week one, you know, and, and, and this, I don't know if that was, it, it is coaching. I'm not going to even lie. It is coaching. Um, Raheem came in and, and held him accountable, you know, especially the offense. As, that's the the only way I can describe it, I, I guess, two banks is he lit a fire. Derrico, do you think uh, that the, the change of head coaching by Dan Quinn getting fired and now having Raheem Morris at the helm, it really, really changed uh, how they approach the games? And, I mean, getting this win in Minnesota, do you do you see this being a trend or did you see that was just a flash in the pan right after the firing? I won't necessarily say it's a trend, but I will say that a different voice, a different approach, a different mentality, you know, even listening to Raheem's press conference, I got a whole different vibe. You know, it was about X's and O's. It wasn't about T-shirt slogans. It wasn't about being pissed off. It wasn't about, you know, placating to the media. It was about football. When you tell me that you changed a whole philosophy or practice, yeah, we're talking about practice. When you say, hey, we're going to run one play, and if you don't get it right, we're going to run the next play because you don't get to do a do-over in the game situation. And I think that held 
the players accountable in, in the fact that, hey, you got to get it right the first time. There's no do-overs, so you better get it right the first time. And I can just say that the, the biggest difference that I saw in this team this past week is it was a team effort. I mean, all three phases were working together, and it was a unit working as a unit. It wasn't individual players out there hoping not to make a mistake. They were just out there playing loose and playing to win, and that's probably the biggest difference I, I saw in that. And like Banks said, that is absolutely attributed to the coaching. Rob, how did you feel about what you saw against the Vikings, brother? Yeah, like I mean, like everybody else is saying, it just looked like a different team, you know. And uh, that the whole culture, philosophy, and practice, uh, practicing how you're going to play, I think that that showed on the field. Uh, setting that standard, we talked about that a little bit, a little bit last week, of you know, setting an actual standard and holding God, cats accountable to that standard and. You know, like in practice, running those plays, wanting to run those plays over again. Like Julio wanted to miss the play, and he wanted to run it back. And they were like, "Sorry, we're moving on." Next, you know, and so that uh, that expectation, expecting excellence, I think, is uh, probably something that's been missing. And if you if you don't expect excellence, you're not going to get excellence. And I think that's what's starting to change. Absolutely, man. I'm. Like like uh, Derek Cole and I think all of us feel that the new voice really kind of resonated, I guess, with with the Falcons. I mean, moving forward, like, is this going to be a trend or is this something that was just, you know, uh, against a bad Minnesota team? Because I'm not going to lie, they, Minnesota look horrible. But, I mean, it's, it's this is a week-to-week league in the NFL. I mean, if you've been watching the NFL for a long time, this is week-to-week. Sometimes you don't know who you're going to get uh, with these teams. A team could be playing on fire and then – they could come out the next weekend and, and just, you know, lay an egg. You just don't know. So moving forward, going to Detroit, uh, we'll see what we get uh, out of the Falcons this week. Uh, Banks, we had a conversation about this. Moving forward, I'm a, I'm rooting for Raheem Morris, and I, and I say that because I want to see him be successful. Not necessarily saying him being the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, but, I mean, hey, he doesn't have anything to lose. He's auditioning, of course, for a, a number of roles that will probably be out there next season. Uh, is it safe to say that you're rooting for Raheem Morris to do well, or do you care at this point? No, absolutely. I'm, I'm pulling for the man. I mean, he's he deserves a shot like anybody else. I mean, he's he was a head coach for Tampa Bay, and he went 10-6 and six and got fired. So, I mean, he deserves a shot. I mean, I, I'm, I am pulling for him, you know, standing back now and looking at it. You know, he has a, a – I'm not going to say talented because well, that's another discussion <laughs> about this roster, but he has a okay t- he has an okay roster to work with, you know, and, you know, he's he, so far so good, 1-0. And, and, you know, like I said, when he goes to Detroit, if it's the same thing, same run, we may have something here. You never know. Uh, Derek O, are you pulling for Raheem Morris and his success? Or, or, or have you checked out mentally from this whole season? Or are you pulling for Raheem? I won't say I've checked out, but I'm just, you know, I've said it before. At this point, it's, it's just pure entertainment for me. But as far as Raheem is concerned, Coach Raheem is concerned, of course I want him to do well. Um, just for the simple fact that, just like Banks said, he deserves another shot as a head coach. I think that he's learned a lot of what not to do in this organization. And I think that's going to catapult him into being a better coach than he was in Tampa. So I'm just pulling for him so that he will get another shot. Not saying that I want him to go undefeated through the rest of the year because I know that he ain't going to be back. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want him to kind of mess that up for the next regime as far as, you know, draft picks are concerned and what we are hoping to move forward as an organization, but yeah, I, I just, I see some things out of him that I, I just, I just believe other people will see and just give him another shot to be um, a successful head coach in the NFL again. That's what's up. And Rob, uh, kick it to you, man. How do you feel about Raheem and are you cheering for him? Yeah, I, I, I am cheering for him. And I was, it was strange. I, I found myself cheering for him more than I thought I would be. I, I didn't expect, uh, to feel so good for him after that Vikings game. Like I really was glad for him. 
Um, but I, I did find myself thinking, man, I'm glad this win came after uh, Quinn and Dimitrov were fired because if they hadn't been fired yet and we had this win and then we go to Detroit <laughs> and win, they're going to be around, you know? Like I would much rather see if we're going to start winning a couple of games, I'd much rather that happen after those guys are gone. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's weird. As weird as that sounds, I mean, you know, hey, we had to move move on. Uh, Quinn and Dimitrov just weren't they weren't the people for those roles anymore. So it's, it, the the new leaf has already been turned, as they would say. We've already turned over a new leaf with Raheem. Just gonna see what we're gonna do for the rest of the twenty twenty year. And uh, see what see what happens uh, moving forward. So, with that being said, gentlemen, we're gonna get back into a discussion that we had kind of had to cut short, episode twelve. But I want to dig into it a little deeper here now. Um, Matt Ryan had a, a a great performance against the Vikings. I, I'm gonna say he had a great performance. He did something. It looked like he was a man trying to keep a job or trying to audition for somewhere else if he just so happens to go. Uh, I want to say he had like four touchdown passes. He yeah. was moving around. I hadn't seen him move around that much in in a while, <laughs> making plays, uh, you know, with his feet. Uh, it was a phenomenal play he made to Julio, where he kind of uh, did a little juke step, backed up through it. The Julio scored a touchdown. So, back to the conversation, the Mike Vick, the Matt Ryan versus Mike Vick conversation, and, and we we talked about it in episode twelve. But I want to dig a little more into it on, in this episode here. So Matt Ryan. Uh, it's been the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Now I want to say it was 13, 13 years. Am I right? He's been 12 or 13 years with the Atlanta Falcons. Can somebody 13, 12 years. 13, 12, 13. 12, 12, yeah. 12, 13 years. Okay. Give or take a year. He's been here for a while. Um, Mike Vick was here. We all know how, how that story ended up. But this fan base, man, it's, it's weird. If you follow social media, a lot of us are in fan groups on social media. That's what we do. And this is a fan base divided and there are a lot of different lines they're divided on. And, you know, I'm just trying to figure out where us as fans, like where do we want this organization to go? Because I'm going to talk about it. And I just want you guys to kind of expand upon this, this sentiment. Uh, There's a large portion of this fan base that wants Matt Ryan gone. They want him out of here, gone. They want him traded tomorrow. Now, we're all knowledgeable enough to know that there are, that's not going to happen. There are a lot of different things that are in place that will keep Matt Ryan from going anywhere uh, this year. Just salary cap being one of them. It's a lot of money. They take a big hit. And you kind of want to get the new regime in to lay everything out on the table to see what you want to do moving forward. Uh, but with that being said, Matt Ryan is out of here. Moving forward. Whether we draft a quarterback or not, I think the sentiment among some of the fans is that we need a black quarterback in here. And I've been, I've been told and it's been said by several people to me that this city and some of this fan base still has unresolved Mike Vick issues, meaning that this Mike Vick did transform the team and the fan base. To a point where now it's like, OK, we see what Matt Ryan could do. He had success, but now we need a Matt Ryan type or a black quarterback back here in this city. Uh, Rob, we had a conversation about that. Um, I want to ask you, how do you feel about this fan base and looking for, I guess, another black quarterback post Matt Ryan? I don't know why you got to come to me with that first question. You could have talked to some other cats first. Um. It's tough. Like, when I look at Mike Vick, like I was looking, I was checking out Mike Vick videos today, and he's a freak. He is, I mean, he was just, the stuff that he did on the field was unbelievable, and nobody can deny that. But every, in every Q-back, sorry, uh, quarterback category, Matt Ryan is better than Mike Vick ever was in every QB category. Now, here's people, folks talk about Mike, Mike Vick being a legend in Atlanta. It's got to be for something more than his plan because when he was in Atlanta, he never threw more than 3,000 yards. And I know he was – I mean, like you couldn't deny his running ability and all that stuff. But Matt Ryan won more games. He – I mean, his winning percentage is higher. 
and I'm just, and I and I even went back and I looked at uh, just I think Mike Vick played what five years? No, it was six I years. Wanna, here. It was like yeah, six it was years. Like six years. So I, I, like I'm comparing Mike Vick's first six years to Matt Ryan's first six years, and I know there's a lot of things that go into play with that. Different coaches, different defense, different different uh, players, and all that. But I just wanted to see how they stacked up. And in every single category, every – now, I'm not even exaggerating. Every single category, Matt Ryan was far better than Mike Vick. So, like, when, 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 you, when you ask me that question, I think there's a lot of folks that would love that. Like, I would love for the city of Atlanta to have a black quarterback because I saw – I saw, even from afar, I saw what Mike Vick meant to the city. Right, and I also see the grief that uh, I see the way people feel about Matt Ryan, and I would love for there to be a black quarterback to come into Atlanta and be and be successful. But right. it cannot be; it can't be just emotion. It can't be based on just emotion. I, I agree with you, Rod. Like I said, we talked about it, and it, emotion is crazy. You know, the knee jerk reactions are very, very popular here in this city. So I want to get the banks here. I want to get very uncomfortable. I'm going to get to Banks. Here we go. We're going to talk about this, and we're going we're gonna to keep it rolling with just what Rob said. Matt Ryan has been, arguably, he's the greatest Falcon. You know, And people, I'm going to get some flack from this. I'm pretty sure somebody's going to be like, Matt Ryan has been the greatest Falcon I've ever seen. I'm, just, I'm not going to lie. He's been the greatest Falcon quarterback and probably the greatest Falcon. You know, people want to say, oh, you had Deion Sanders or Tommy Nobish. All these other people. I get, I never saw Tommy Nobles play live. I mean, I know back in the day, Tommy Nobles was the first pick. He was a head buster. I get it. You know, Claw Humphreys, no disrespect to anybody that put on a Falcons uniform, but since I've been watching the Falcons, Matt Ryan has been the man and arguably fell short in winning the championship for this city. But Banks, let's dig a little deeper into this, Banks, because you and I both know this, this goes into like a cultural thing. So now it's like, some of this fan base, is it good enough to be successful and say, okay, hey, we want a Super Bowl, we want a championship, and everything else will fall into place. We want the right personnel in here so we can win a championship. Or is it this whole culture of we got a black quarterback, let's take this back to the Vic days to where we we got a part now in Mercedes-Benz, we got a party. And we can have everybody in there, the women in the high heels, the, the whole atmosphere. What what is it? Because I'm torn. I, does this fan what does this fan base want, Banks? Listen, this all started back again. A lot of people, I say about a good 40-50% of the fan base start watching the Falcons because of Vic. Okay. Now, that's all they know. They don't know anything about Jeff George. They don't know anything about Chris Chandler. They don't know Chris Miller. They don't know any of that. The only thing they know is Michael Barkowski. Vick. No, they don't know Dave that. Archer. They, they didn't even know Dave Archer was a quarterback. They know Michael Vick. And since he got in that trouble and Matt Ryan came in and saved the franchise, they really had a – I'm not going to say a hatred to him, but it wasn't anything interesting towards the fan base, towards Matt Ryan, even since he was drafted. Prime example, early in this week, or maybe well, last week, T.I. was on a local radio station, and he made a good point, well, not a good point, he made a, a, a an example of what Atlanta wants without saying it. He was saying stuff like, we had Deion Sanders, we had Michael Vick, we had Dominique Wilkins. He was all about flash, and it's all about Atlanta wants an exciting player. Didn't say anything about a winner. He want, we want an exciting player. He's speaking for the whole city of Atlanta, and I resent that. I want he a winner. For me. Sure. I want a winner. I don't care if he's black, blue, brown, white. It don't matter. If he wins, I'm on board. But if you just want flash, you just want to be on that first cover of the, the sports center, miss me with that. But that's what I was talking about. T.I. is speaking for a lot of these people in our fan base. They want flash. They want excitement. And I'm kind of going off base here. It goes even to the, it bleeds into the NBA as well with the Trey Young, Young and Luka, and Luka Doncic. Doncic. Same exact thing. It's same exact thing. The, the, the even the, the the front office, you know, talking to some people in higher ups, 
was saying that, and you know, whispers was they wanted Luka Doncic, but half wanted Trey Young because of the culture. Is that what we doing going, now? We're, we're we're going after the culture now, not a winner. I'm gonna kick. So Banks, let's kick it to Derrico here. Let me let's let's get his let's get his opinion and let's get his his vibe on all of this. Uh, we've let him kind of digest what we we've, we've been talking about. So how do you feel, Derrico, with what we've been talking about with this whole culture thing of this, this fan base and and the fan base being torn between do we actually care about the success of the team or do we want like Banks just said do we want this this guy this electrifying guy to play for us. So to be a representation of whatever. My thing is, what's the problem with having both? I mean, you can have Flash and you can have a winner. I mean, you really can. So it's not about the pigmentation of the quarterback in my eyes. It's about, like Banks saying, a winner. It's not pitting one group of people against another group of people. And I think that's what's been the problem ever since the Mike Vick, Matt Ryan situation. It's always about pitting one group of fans against another group of fans. And the whole concept of winning should be at the forefront. Now, we're not going to lose the, the, the realness of this city as far as is thirst for a superstar. We've always had at least a superstar on each team that we're going to root for. Like y'all mentioned, Dominique. You mentioned him. You mentioned Trey Young versus Luka Doncic. You know what I'm saying? You're you're talking about Mike Vick against Matt Ryan. You're talking about Deion Sanders. But the biggest superstar that we ever really had in this city is – hammering Hank Aaron. You know what I'm saying? So even during that time, were the Braves really a formidable team because Hank Aaron was on the team? No, no. but he was a he was a trailblazer. You know what I'm saying? I won't fault anybody in this city for saying that they want someone to look at our, our city and say, hey, we got that guy and Atlanta is on the map. Everybody know when Mike Vick got drafted, number one overall, that he was bringing something new to the city that the city ain't seen from the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, people roll with that. I mean, the dude was the draw. Did he win a lot of games? No, he didn't. No. But he he made Atlanta relevant. But you know I think what I'm saying? a lot of even, that also even, in, even in the losing, even in the losing, he was still relevant. Now, the, y'all know I have a knock on our current quarterback. And it's just one knock. That's it. You don't piss away opportunities to help us win the big one. That's it. And that's the only problem that I have with the whole situation. He can have all the stats he want to. Like you said, Banks, if it come down to anything, it's going to come down to hoisting that Lombardi. And nobody can't get that bad taste out of their mouth about not being able to hoist that Lombardi. That's with Chandler, that with Miller, that with Barkowski, that with Vic, that with Ryan. I mean, none of them got the job done, so it really don't even matter. Until one of them outside of Atlanta United and Atlanta Braves bring – a parade down Peachtree, it don't matter. Banks, what were, you, what were you trying to say, Banks? What you were saying about, you know, you say your knock on Ryan, you know, I'm not saying you per se, Stacy, but I'm, I'm saying the fan base in general, when it comes to faults, now, I don't know, everyone's seen it on, you know, sports pages and the sports fan groups. Matt Ryan gets crucified to the wall six times over win or lose is because is it hatred towards him? I don't know, but let me go back when Mike, Michael Vick had some clunkers. He didn't get nearly as much as criticism as Matt Ryan. That's a lot. No, no, that's a lot. No, it's not a lot. No, it's not. No, it's not. It was not people going around crazy. We need to get rid of Mike Vick. 
that one person. Now, I, 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 I want to say this much. Who I don't, said I don't get rid of Mike Vick? Media. They wanted Matt Shaw when they're so bad. They wanted Matt Shaw when they're so bad. Hold on, hold on. So, so trust look, me on that. I don't. It was not a lot of social. Social media has grown exponentially. Hope I said that right. Since you know, two thousand when Mike Vick came in. I mean, it was you know. I think we still had the uh, banks. If I'm not mistaken, we were still doing the old school message board, Falcons message board on the on the website, but not as much so of like you know the Facebook post, the Twitter stuff, and all that. Right. Um. But there were. And I'm 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 gonna just ride with Banks on this, Derrico. There were people that, yeah, they did criticize Mike Vick. They did. They did to a certain extent. Uh, you know, he needs to pass more. People wide open. He just take off running this, that, and the third. But man, um there, there has been a lot of venom spewed at Matt Ryan. And, and I'm like I said, I go back to say I'm not a Matt Ryan apologist. He has messed up. I agree with you, Stacey, in a lot of situations. You know, he has cost us a lot of games. You know, with some of the decisions that he's made, but we all know football is the ultimate team sport. I digress. I, I think he's some of what Matt Ryan has taken is, is is unfair, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. I think some of what he's taken is unfair, and it's it's based on a bias. It's based on a bias. You know, Rob. I don't know how you feel about this conversation and where it's going, but do you think that is it is some type of bias against Matt Ryan when it comes to his fault? I mean, you know. It, it it doesn't surprise me that it happened, that it existed uh, when it first happened. The first couple of seasons, Matt Ryan was here. What has is surprising is that it still goes on. Like I mean, he's been here for so long, and people look back on those Mike Vick days like they were the good old days, and they want to go back to that. And that's what I I don't understand. I I feel like Matt, as far as Football goes that Mike Ryan has given you better football than Michael Vick. Now, that's different than excitement. But as far as football goes, Matt Ryan has given you better, better, better football. Let me ask, let me ask y'all this question. Does a league respect Matt Ryan as a top tier quarterback? No. Why? I'm talking about the league. I'm not talking about Atlanta. The league itself don't respect him. I'm talking about the league. The league don't respect him as an elite quarterback. No, but he's not elite quarterback. I don't even know why people are putting him an elite quarterback in the same sentence. I didn't say elite. No, what I'm saying is, I'm I'm telling you what the league is saying. The league is saying, no, he's no Tom Brady. He's no Breeze. Of course he's not. He did say top tier. He didn't say elite. He said top tier. I say that Matt Ryan is top tier. I mean, I've never, I've never said he was an elite quarterback by no means. Um, I think one of the criteria of calling somebody elite in this era is by them having a ring. Um, you know, you, when you say elite right now, there are only three names that pop into mind. One of them is still a question mark by Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, then Drew Brees. He kind of gets into that conversation a lot. The next name that comes to mind now that has thrusted himself in that category is Russell Wilson. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the story is still out on him. He's he's pushing that way. He's still young, but if he continues to perform the way that he does, he's pushing that way. Now, behind those names that I just mentioned, you got a you got a hodgepodge of folk that you can say you can start staggering. You know, you you want to throw the burgers out there of the world, or you know. Whoever you can, you know, he has a ring, but it's all a big mush. Like you can't really start saying, okay, well, this guy's here, this guy's there. You know, the Matthew Staffords of the world, the, you know, these guys are good, but you, it is what it is. You know, at, at some point, you know, D- Derek, I mean, like, do you consider Matt Ryan a top tier quarterback? Yeah. The the question was how. The league perceives him. I mean, we we always focus on what people in the city say. I have more respect for the people that play against him that says this is where he is or this is who he is. You know what I'm I saying? I think they respect Matt Ryan. I think I think he's respected. He he's respected as a good quarterback. But when they talk about the top 100 players in the league, how many times has he missed that cut? 
I don't. I don't. It, you could. You could taste. Time. You could take that list and ball up in the trash. That list fluctuates what? every year. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's it's. It such don't. A it big don't fluctuate. It don't fluctuate. It don't fluctuate with the top tier quarterbacks. It it really does. does. It. it really does. It does. It. Well, how come you come keep on, fluctuating? Now, that Russell Wilson going up and down like that. He needs to be top ten regardless, right? No, that's yes. It goes by. It goes by performance. Right? Performance of the previous year. No, it yes. actually. Matt Ryan was the MVP, and he was still not number one. Okay, but then last saying. year he well, he didn't make the list at all. So I mean, what what exactly. what, what, what are they? It's it's year to year. It's year to year. That, if he that, that's all I'm if saying. If nobody a, else can't a, judge you, your peers are judging you. Again, that's all I'm saying. I, I can't take that list serious, man. Like I said, it's all about who's hot and who's not. I mean, that's all it is. You had JJ Watts on that roster. He only played three games a damn that damn that damn year. Three games, and he's on the list. How? Politics. That's why. <laughs> I mean, don't 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 get upset about it. I mean, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset. I'm just telling you, you can't use that list as an example. That's just all about opinion on what I saw last year or who I feel in my heart because of his name. You know, no. No, no, no. You can't go by that list. I mean, if you really want to go by, you know, some good facts, I mean, yeah, the stat speaks for itself. You can call them good. You can call them average. But the, lot, the numbers ain't going to change. The, name, the number's not going to change. What are you talking no, about? I'm, I'm, I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan, statistically, st- well, I'm saying statistically, Matt Ryan has been probably top five, top ten, in all the categories across the board since he's been in the league. That's hands down. I can say that much. Right. I, I, I can't, I, w- I think I could, I could, I could back that up. Yeah. Now, I mean, so he does, like I said, he doesn't have a ring. And I think that's probably, cause I'm going to be, let's, I'm going to let's, let's be realistic for a second. I, and I'm, I, I'm going to do this and I'm going to talk about it. Cause it needs to be talked about. I really, there is nothing special about check down. Shawty drew Brees. Yeah. I said it. Okay, he drew Drew Brees. Check down, shot at Drew Brees. There's nothing special about him. He has a ring. He is with his boyfriend Sean Payton. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say his girlfriend. He's with he's with Sean Payton down there in New Orleans before Drew Brees got to the Aints. And yes, he was never drafted by the Aints. I know a lot of these millennial fans and what Generation Z. Aints fans go, oh, since we draft, I've been a fan since we drafted Drew Brees. No, no, you weren't. He he played for the San Diego Chargers and was a mediocre quarterback at best with the San Diego Chargers. He got to New Orleans with Sean Payton, and he he, he kind of took off. He he worked well in the system. He worked well with Sean Payton. And they won a championship. He had a lot of stats. Thrusted him into that category. Take away that championship from Drew Brees. Where does he stand as a as a quarterback? Is he still in the elite category? Right I'm now, I'm asking. Heck no. <laughs> you take away the championship, no. so he's not in. I'm saying over his body of work. If you take the championship away, where does he stand as far as eliteness? I mean, I'm talking about the last couple of seasons. He's he, you can father father time. We said this before. Father time is undefeated. But you can't take nothing away from that cat as far as bringing that franchise to more consistent winning. That's that's how I'm gonna put it. More consistent winning. He is elevates. that all? Is that all attributed, Derrico? Is that all attributed to him putting it all on his back and going out there every Sunday doing it, or is that by I him being put in the position by Sean Payton to go out there in that offense and do what he's done? I think it has a lot to do with his leadership. His 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 more of his vocal and his leadership ability as far as elevating the players around him. I do I do think that. Sean Payton is Sean Payton, Sean Payton is a a is a good, great offensive minded coach. Yes. They probably would have won more if they had a better defensive coach on their side. Can't take that away from them. As much as I, I don't hate think them, Drew Brees does yeah. anything special to elevate the people around him. There's two quarterbacks right now. Well, actually three. I can say that elevates everybody else around him. And even the guys that are around him are still exceptionally good. Aaron Rodgers, 
this dude here does stuff that's amazing, and half of the quarterbacks in the league, they, they can't do, and he's still performing at a high level. Russell Wilson does the same thing, and you got a guy, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, even though Patrick Mahomes has a plethora of weapons, he still makes throws and does things that just are phenomenal to me. He makes everybody around him better. Even you, I can go three, four, five years back with Drew Brees. Like I said, it was nothing special. Like I said, he go out there, he he throws the ball where it needs to be thrown. He, you know, he couldn't scramble. He couldn't do all that. He's just, to me, just, you know, a, a average so, quarterback. So what you're saying, like Leo. Like you said, great he, offensive-minded coach. Leo, what you're saying is he's a product of that that system. And it's probably true because, you Pretty know. Pretty much. Teddy Bridgewater was in there last year, and he did pretty well in New Orleans, you know. And I recall a lot of people in that playoff game last year calling for Teddy Bridgewater and telling Drew Brees kick rocks. Yeah, Drew Brees. They wanted that Drew Brees gone because <laughs> of Teddy Bridgewater. Well, okay, we kind of moved a little bit off the subject here. Let, let's get back grounded here. Here's the so here's the next conversation I want to have and want to talk about fellas here because we're up against the mark here with, with time. So we know that yeah, Matt Ryan like Derrick O.J. said, Father Time is undefeated. We know that Matt Ryan is coming to the end of his career here with the Falcons. Will he play with another team? We don't. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did because I had a lottery numbers for this week. But anyway, <laughs> the the draft is coming up. Draft is coming up. They're right now as of right now. They're two names that jump off the page when you talk about quarterbacks that could come out in the draft. And if the Falcons, a lot of people want them to tank, that's a whole other conversation. I'll get into that in another episode of the podcast about professional tanking. But <laughs> two names jump off the page with quarterbacks with this uh, organization. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback of the Clemson Tigers right now, who I think is a phenomenal quarterback. And Justin Fields, with Ohio State, who I think is a phenomenal quarterback. Now, with that being said, there's the argument, Justin Fields versus Trevor Lawrence, hypothetical if the Falcons were able to take one of those quarterbacks, and who who should they take? All right, I'm going to bounce this one to you, Banks, because I know you've been waiting to talk about it. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, if you're the GM of the Falcons, you got to pick, pick a quarterback between the two of them, who you got, go. I'm happy with either one. Um, I I like Trevor Lawrence. You gotta you gotta make you a gotta pick, Banks. One. You gotta, make you gotta a choose pick. one, Banks. I'll take Trevor Lawrence. And and why are you taking Trevor Lawrence? Um, he's got. I mean, he we win. We got championships. I mean, that's a no brainer. I mean, he he wills his team to victory. Yeah, be it this it's against the ACC, but. He went up against <laughs> teams like you know Alabama and you Alabama know, and, twice. and twice right and beat them. And my thing is, I look at Justin Fields. Yeah, he plays for Ohio State. His he might win the I don't know. He is still out there for him. But as of now, I have to lean any Trevor Lawrence just because of his his track record. Rob. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, you on the clock, GM for the Falcons. In a hypothetical, who are you taking and why? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence because he's got championship. And he, be, I love the fact that he beat Alabama. I love that. I have another conversation I want to talk about too, Rob. With We have to go back and talk about why in the hell – is the University of Georgia let these guys from leave the state and go be successful? That's a whole other conversation. That's another Georgia boy, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I don't understand it. I have no idea. But so you going with Trevor Lawrence, Rob? Yes. All right, Derek. I'm gonna pass it to you on the clock. You the GM in a hypothetical. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence on the board. Who you taking and why? It, it's not a question. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. His track record exceeds anybody that's coming out at this point. I mean, he's played almost three full seasons. That's number one. He's won. That's number two. He's a winner. That's number three. And I just feel like he can not only throw, he make good decisions. 
And if he need to get up out of that pocket, he can get out of that pocket. Absolutely. And he's Absolutely. and so, he's tall. That means he can actually look <laughs> over the offensive line. Not like the current quarterbacks that we see on that other team that you just mentioned in Athens. That's a whole nother conversation. Exactly. We, have to, we, have to, we have to come back to that at a later date. <laughs> uh, so, look, so I'm going to kick this to Banks, too, because I know he's going to like this one. So, consensus-wise, do you think this fan base would be happy with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields not being selected by the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna go on record as saying I would love to have Trevor Lawrence if that was a hypothetical. We were in that situation. Trevor Lawrence on the board, Justin Fields. I'm taking a proven man. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. I like he has all the tangibles that you want uh, from a quarterback, like Derrico just said, uh, like Rob said. He's a championship uh, winning quarterback. He's played up against top talent, like you said, Banks. He, he he's the man. But do you think part of this fan base, going back to what we've just discussed? If Justin, we we don't get Justin Fields, we get Trevor Lawrence. Will there be still some rumblings within the fan base? Oh, oh, oh well, we get him. Sadly, I believe it'll be a couple of them that would say, you know, Justin Fields was on the board, and you know what is going to be said again. Georgia did it again. We can't, you know, we had him. We had a chance to get him. We didn't get him. But you can't be mad now of picking up Trevor Lawrence. Could you? I mean, come on. I think there's folks that would definitely be mad. And this is such an interesting thing because they're both from Georgia, right? And this is the, this whole conversation that we've been talking about with Mike Vick and Matt Ryan. This is – it's all coming to head in this draft possibly for the for the Falcons where both sides of that coin, I think no matter who you pick, there's going to be a loud – contingency of folks that are going to complain. I'm going to disagree respectfully that it's going to be a lot of contingency. Like, I agree with Banks. There'll be a few folks that'll have an issue with that. But from what I've read on the message boards and the and the Facebook messages groups that I'm in, hands down, it's Trevor Lawrence. And like I said, it's a big hypothetical because we don't know how this season is going to end. And once again, I have to say this, and you guys already know it, to a lot of people that just don't follow the sport as much as they should. This is a big thing with just wanting to kick Matt Ryan to the curb. For those people that don't like, like Matt Ryan and just want him to sit down, it's not, it's not happening, people. It's not. Get out of your feelings. They're not going to put him on the bench. They're not going to cut him right now. There's a lot of money at stake and involved when you do something like that. And he got a lot of people talking, oh, you trade Julio too, trade it. Let's 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 see. Let's get through this season first. Well, first of all, and, it's, and then I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, Leo. I'm sorry. But a lot of people don't realize that nothing's gonna happen until we get a new regime in here. A new GM exactly. and a new that was, head coach. That was, that's what I was getting to. So I mean, all that that's wishful was, thinking, I, I mean, it, that's nice and dandy, but you you can say it all day. No GM, no head coach. You're not doing anything. So exactly. I mean, get it exactly. out your system. I mean, it's it's not happening. I mean, Rich exactly. McKay made that perfectly clear in an interview. I mean, he's like, any decisions that's going to be made, and AB said it too. Arthur Blank said that too. Any decision like that that's going to be made, he's going to defer that to the new GM and the new coach. So. If you do have those brain farted people out there that think that, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what you you talking to. And, you know, I don't have conversations with people like that because I already know what the <laughs> angle is. You know what I'm saying? Lucky, so lucky, lucky for you. Lucky for you. You don't have conversations like that. I always people, you know, they know I know a lot about football and I'm a big Falcons fan. I, I, I get the the very not I get the knowledgeable fans all the way down to the the fans that just just figured out, you know, where the onside kick was like last year. So it, <laughs> I, I get them all the way around. So, gentlemen, we're up against the end of the show. As always, man, it's, it's, it's been another great one. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm going to have you guys back. We'll talk some more and we'll kind of go into some some other com- uh, topics. Uh, the, the University of Georgia topic, I'm pretty sure we can get Rob to talk about his uh, UK Wildcats. Talk, hey, hey. talk about them a little bit. 
Um, so we, we'll definitely do that. So uh, another thing too, Rob, I, I want you guys to, to sell yourselves. But Rob, you got some some stuff going on, and I'm gonna probably drop the link. Uh, you got some some apparel and stuff that you're dropping, man. You want to give some people where they can they can find it and they can take a look at it, Rob. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Um, Crown and Skull uh, is a it's a just a little a side thing I've got going on where I do uh, mainly uh, just apparel for like right now it's kind of focused on Atlanta United, but I got some uh, two scarves out there right now that, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get some folks to get excited about. So if you want to check those out, it's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's just crown and skull. Um, and, you know, I got some other things that I have in the works too, that, uh, that are all just about uplifting people and trying to spread a little joy and love to the, to the community. So be on the lookout for that stuff. I'd love for you to come and follow me. I'm going to have some giveaways here soon. So get out there and check it out. That's what's up. Definitely support big Rob Banks. What can they, what can the people find you, man? What can they, what can they literally find you, bro? What can they find you? They won't find you in these streets. <laughs> you can find me at, um, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook at Antoine Jarrell Banks and on the ground and Twitter at baby banks 80. That's what's up. And we're going to catch Derrico at 530 in the morning. So tell them at 530 a.m. where they can catch you at, brother. They can catch me in the bathroom going to that <laughs> royal that royal hideout. That's the only place I can go to get my day started, that royal hideout. <laughs> but if you want to find me on IG, you can get me at Derrico underscore Virgo. And if you want to catch me on the Twitter, you can catch me at BSU96SDD. All right, that's what's up. We're going to come back and do it again, fellas. I appreciate it. Once again, this has been another edition of the Leo G Show. We look forward. Uh, oh, and also, let me shout out myself. I didn't shout out myself. <laughs> Hit the Leo G Show up, uh, the Leo G Show up on Twitter. That's the Leo G Show number one uh, on Twitter. You can also follow me on Facebook. We have the Facebook page up and going, the Leo G Show. If you want to hit me up uh, on social media, on uh, Twitter, you can hit me up at Southern Set. That's with two T's. Hit me up. Uh, we I, I respond to everybody. Uh, welcome all comers. Also, uh, shout out to my man, Jay. Uh, catch him on Frown Town. And you can also catch him on Twitter at adjective the underscore J. And also check his website out, uh, jjonescomedy.com. If you want to find out what he's doing, uh, like I said, catch him over on Frown Town on his podcast. So you can catch him at jjonescomedy.com. And you can see he has a couple of live stream shows coming up that I'm excited about. We, uh, should be catching them here in the next couple of weeks. So definitely check his website out. It's been another edition of Leo G Show. We'll catch you guys on the next time. We out.